right, friends, welcome back. This is going to be round three of our three-part series of Humans of the Food Bank. Mm -hmm. We're really excited because this one, our certified awesome people, these are bonafide, bonafide, (laughs) on a plaque and everything. Yeah, these are the real deals. 2019 Food Banker of the Year, Mm -hmm. and uh, as she ends her reign, Mm -hmm. she'll share with us the experience of lording her fame over everyone here, and then uh, we bring in co-food bankers of the year for 2020 and then top it all off with a great conversation with our ceo and president thomas mance mm-hmm. yeah we get yep. deep in that one yeah yes, we do yeah, yeah you're a gonna lot about it people understand a little bit about who we are i think when they listen to thomas yeah. at the end of this one so you guys uh listen in celebrate these three fabulous people who um were nominated by their peers mm-hmm. and uh, given awards by our leadership and just deserve every accolade that they are receiving. Mm-hmm. And of course, Thomas will be wrapping it up. Yeah. Should be a fun one. Stay tuned. Let's roll. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the brand new year 2021. We have so much promise. I can feel it. You can feel it. And uh, we are starting our second Humans of Feeding Tampa Bay, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited to have Scarlett Haynes sitting with us. Welcome, Scarlett. Hi, Scarlett. Hey, Scarlett. (laughs) How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Welcome to Stick a Fork in It. You excited? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Well, we're, we're really thrilled to have you. So tell us a little bit about you. I have the privilege of having my desk near yours. So I got to know you just from that placement. There are over a hundred people that work with us now at Feeding Tampa Bay, um, addressing the need that of course the pandemic kind of rained down on us almost a year ago now. That's right. Rain well, we down, picked, definitely. We only picked our favorites for humans in the yeah. food bank, so don't well, worry. thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> oh, wow. You're the you only just, person here. Pandora's box just <laughs> blew open. <laughs> That's right, listener. You know who I'm talking about that we did not invite. <laughs> you know who you are. I know. I'm the favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later on how you are, actually. So, um, <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's a good point. At least for a 2019 full show. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, time moves really quickly at the food bank. I'm actually approaching my third year here. Wow. It'll be in April of 2021. Um, so it's been an amazing journey. Um, I started as, um, you know, in our agency relations department, and then I've evolved into uh, directly managing our USDA TFAP and CSFP programs. Um, so that's kind of a little bit what I do here. It's a lot of letters. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know, so, a lot of acronyms. Yeah, stop and so, explain the acronyms, because yeah. we know what they are, but uh-huh. listeners may not. So what yeah. is that? So the USDA... Um, United States Department of Agriculture. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not good at this, guys. Okay. <laughs> you, no all, you need, all you need to know is the acronyms. Yeah, but yeah the, the people out there. True. Yeah, the, um, what Matt said. So th- <laughs> they have numerous programs, um, assistance programs. So TFAP stands for the Emergency Food Assistance Program. And CSFP stands for Commodity Supplemental Food Program. So those programs are designated for needy individuals in our community um, that do have a need. There are eligibility processes involved with those programs, but our agency network spearheads those uh those programs entirely 
Um, we get free food from the USDA, um, and we can you know allocate that to our agency network, and then they distribute it to the community. It's an amazing program. The food that comes into through that program is amazing. Brand new produce, meat, shelf-stable items. It is, the food is amazing. Yeah, so you can go into the warehouse right now and there's delicious grapes coming in. I know in a few weeks, we (laughs) just got pears the other day. So um, the agencies that are part of that program are very blessed and they're always telling me how thankful they are um, to be in those programs and just serving that supplemental food on top of, you know, the other programs they participate in. Yeah, I think it's really important for uh, folks to understand that a lot of the food that mm-hmm. we get out into the community is not food that is rescued, mm-hmm. right? It's first yeah. run, really good stuff. Yeah. And TFAP is is one of those great examples of mm-hmm. it. This is food that we would all be proud to have mm-hmm. in our pantries and on our yeah. shelves and uh, put on our tables for our families. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it must be rewarding to be able to know that you're a part of the chain that's bringing really good food to folks who probably otherwise could not afford yeah. it. Yeah, I'm even a part of the ordering process as well. So we do get to select items um, through a, you know, a certain allotment. So I know we had shrimp coming in a few weeks oh, ago wow. and our agencies <laughs> just went on, they were on fire. They were like, I can, we've never gotten shrimp before. This is the most amazing thing ever. And we're, they are so thankful to just be able to pass on those items to the community. So, and just knowing that it's brand new um, is even better and I wish I had the stats with me today but we get millions and millions of pounds of USDA foods in um, you know throughout this year like I said I wish I had mm. the stat but um, <laughs> it's awesome product and I'm just very thrilled to be able to um, and spearhead that entire program with our agency network so yeah. this is so very scarlet to me that she immediately <laughs> jumped into what she does for others yeah. and right. skipped I right that. <laughs> skipped right over Shannon's question about yourself so she identifies well well actually i have a quick story to help her about herself so when the pandemic first started she's talking about agencies and obviously what she does for agencies well when the pandemic first began it was a lot of pressure on agencies and agencies were trying to decide how they were going to handle the pandemic and the boundaries that that put us all in Scarlett got in a truck with V. Kelly, another one of our amazing food bankers here, and personally delivered groceries to people in our outlying counties. And I was able to go with some media to follow her around. And the people that met her at the door, we had gloves and masks on. But this is a testament to who Scarlett is. Again, swerving away from Scarlett. (laughs) She was worried about how people were going to get these groceries that she was describing in these boxes that these um, partnerships make sure that people have on their table. So going back to you, yes. <laughs> who are you besides somebody who serves others? Yes, okay, thanks for you know, swerving back. On that, Matt. Um, so my name is Scarlett Haynes. Um, I'm 26 years old. You know, my degree's in political science, but I found myself here at the food bank. Um, a little bit about me, I love working out. Um, I recently was awarded a gym scholarship Whoa. for an entire year. Um, and you know, gyms are very pricey these days. Yeah. So that was just an amazing thing that I was <laughs> um, given this 
20, 20 years. It's been crazy. So. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, me neither. And so actually, um, a few people here nominated me for it, as well as some of Aww. my friends. So I'm just super thankful for that. But I enjoy going to these themed workout classes just about every day, um, like hip hop, yoga, things like that. So mm. I do a lot of working out these days. I love to cook uh, with my boyfriend, Paul. He also works here at the food bank. Hey, Paul. Uh, hey, yeah. Paul. Shout out. <laughs> so, we love him too yeah. actually he's amazing he really he is. is and he's all about helping others his whole life too we were just talking about you know this podcast this morning and um me and him enjoy cooking together there's a brand new grill at our condo um that we've been grilling out lately mm. and i recall his mom saying um over thanksgiving break that she has a picture of him like standing up and um, making food and he was like we i've just always enjoyed pitching in and helping you know cook and so that's just what we enjoy doing together um and you know we enjoy cooking so and healthy food too i think Mm. i enjoy healthy foods more they just make me feel good after eating so that's just a little bit about me i love um creating videos. Ev and I were just talking yeah. a little bit about TikTok. So <laughs> making videos, um, yoga videos uh, specifically. Right, right. So I play the piano. Um, Dang. Yeah, yeah. Our staff yeah. is so talented. Every time, I, every time we have someone on, it's like, oh, I do this. I'm like, what? You, you, <laughs> yeah, like, wait, right? you can sing, you can play the piano. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I recently, I got a keyboard and so I, you know, play on that a little bit. Mm. I played my whole life and then kind of stopped a little but I did find a keyboard at a <laughs> yard sale. Um, so play that. Um, and I also like to paint. Oh, so wow. I just like oh, to be wow. creative Talented. all day long. <laughs> I, I just, I'm constantly moving around wanting to, you know, be physical and then creative. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Man. So That's so speaking awesome. of creative, mm-hmm. what is your favorite meal to create with Paul? What is your favorite meal? So this is so hard. I think my favorite foods always change. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, a few weeks ago, it would have been just basic uh Um, lettuce burgers, just using lettuce as the bun and making homemade um, burgers with that. We've recently been making uh, bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers, and those are so good. Um, So that's our new favorite thing. And just anything on the grill, like steak salads. Mm. I love pasta. Um, Alfredo with peas in it is really good. Um, So that's one of my favorite meals, too. I could go on all day long about food, but, you know, that's what, that's our other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one I'll thing everybody at the food bank, yeah. except for Thomas, right. shares. Yeah, because yeah, that's fuel. Food. Yes, <laughs> food yeah. is fuel to mm-hmm. Thomas. Give me my protein um. bar. <laughs> right? Yeah. Crazy. And water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Scarlett, I want to ask you. Uh, you know, when you just kind of brush over the fact that you work with all of our agencies, and so, you know, before I knew a lot about the food bank, I just. I had in my head what that might look like. And then I started talking with Thomas and he started giving me some numbers and it absolutely blew my mind. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, if our listeners don't know us really well, they're probably thinking, okay, you work with different agencies around the community, maybe 20, 30 partners. (laughs) What's that actual number? Um, so we're around 450 agency partners and specifically in my program, I've have 121, um, USDA TFAP agencies and four CSFP. So, um, we do have a lot of partners and they're all very diverse. Um, sorry, I have a little technical difficulty. (laughs) Um, so 
our agencies are residential homes. Like just, you know, our Salvation Army has, you know, beds. Um, Ronald McDonald House is another one of our partners. So our partners are just so unique from each other. Not one is the same. So that's um, our agency relations. We're constantly having to get creative because we work with so many different organizations. It's not just your, um, you know, typical church pantry. We have, you know, hundreds of those, but also residential homes, soup kitchens, multi-service. Yeah, that was another revelation to me. When I started here, I, I had this assumption that, you know, the vast majority of our partners would be just like the church pantry that my mom volunteers mm-hmm. at. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's amazing the variety of partners we have. As I start to tell people now, is like, we are your favorite nonprofits, favorite nonprofit. <laughs> right. Because we enable them to mm-hmm. do domestic violence shelters or homeless yeah. housing mm-hmm. or after school programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that you have the ability to pivot and work with so many different types of organization really speaks to your creativity, you mm-hmm. know, going back to what you what you care about outside of the food bank. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a perfect match. Yeah, <laughs> it really is a perfect match for me. I, yeah. I can't see myself honestly working outside of food banking. I feel like I, I told Thomas the other day, being Tampa Bay stuck with me now. So <laughs> I truly enjoy what I do here. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, That's actually, you know, that was one of the things that we were going to ask is like, you know, what it is, what it is about being Tampa Bay that makes you want to like stick around. You know, uh, I, I guess for one thing, we have to point out that like in 2019, you were named out of all of the company, the food banker of the year here at Feeding Tampa Bay. So, Woo. you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, congratulations. You, you had the trophy and everything. We did a photo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it should be a championship belt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yes. <laughs> you can wear it around every day. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one of my proudest moments. I don't think I'll, it, one of the happiest days of my life, truly. I think about it all the time. I'm just, you know, just... <laughs> The experience of um, being awarded at like something like that is not indescribable, and it's just my heart was so full. It was it seriously was practically like a very euphoric moment in my time. When does that happen to anyone? <laughs> right. yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I can't say anything else other than it was one of the best moments of my life. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Well, it was truly earned. Um, Obviously, Feeding Tampa Bay is not only family to you at home, but it's family to you here. Mm -hmm. And it's really obvious. I know I've been around agencies and how they, what regard they hold you in. Um, When you talk to them, when they um, see you, they light up. It's the same way here at the food bank, Mm -hmm. obviously winning food banker of the year, Mm -hmm. which is coming up again soon. So we'll find out um, who steps into those shoes Mm -hmm. um, that you filled for 2019 into 2020. Scarlett, we wanna thank you so much for joining us um, and We are looking forward to 2021 with you standing with us as always and uh, helping us get those two million plus meals every week out Mm -hmm. in the community, which you're a very big part of. So here's your last shot. Any words of wisdom for our listeners? Anything you want to share about our world here at Feeding Tampa Bay? Yeah, I would say my motto truly every day is have courage and be kind. I think I live through that every day. Um, There's times where, you know, our work, anyone can say that work can get frustrating, but it's so rewarding to to work here. But I always have to think, you know, there are people out there struggling. Um, You know, we all have our own unique challenges, but um, just have courage and be kind to one another. I think if 
the whole world was kind to each other, maybe we really could end hunger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Dang. awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. You'll find out more this spring. One hint, FoodRx. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. Welcome back, everybody, to Stick a Fork in It. We are rounding out our new series humans of the food bank with part three this one's really exciting because we have a very special guest mr derek ultikan derek welcome to the show welcome welcome friend how you been been pretty good a little busy but but all is well we're all just a little busy nothing too nothing we can't handle right we figure it out (laughs) kind of lean on each other like hey hey it's kind of a theme around here Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why uh you're so popular in this world is because you really are one of those folks who just makes things happen and there's a challenge or an issue derek always just jumps in and says hey we'll figure (laughs) it out right yeah so far (laughs) yeah and very good not so far Mm -hmm. very good so derek tell us we've we've started all these interviews we want to just hear a little bit about your background how did you make it to tampa bay Mm -hmm. because we all know, the whole world knows, anyone who has run into you, y'all are Ohio people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been in Tampa for, I want to say, six years, maybe going on seven. I think I moved in 2014, so six years. Nice. Came from Columbus, Ohio, graduate of The Ohio State University. <laughs> Always have to mention that. I like that. Um, the at the Ohio. end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I moved down here because of my uh, my wife's um, uh, old position, and uh, so uh, when I moved down here or in, in Columbus, I was actually in the sales world, mm-hmm. um, and then I moved down here and got into more sales, advertising sales actually, um, and I kind of got burnt out on that mm. and quickly. I, Decided after about a year and a half of doing that, um, high pressure, being in that high pressure sales environment, it really made me kind of take a look at my life and where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And the best way I can describe um, how I found Feeding Tampa Bay, um, I, I was just looking for something. I think I said this in my interview, something just with with soul. Mm. So um, I'm I'm happy that I found this place and uh, um, enjoy pretty much every uh, minute I'm here. So, Aww. <laughs> well, and I know everybody enjoys having you here as well. Um, you're one of our great leaders um, uh-huh. in the in the building for our volunteer team, and with what five thousand volunteers that we need, roughly Jeez. would be a perfect month. world a month. <laughs> five thousand a month in a perfect world. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. It's that's funny a lot how of those numbers stick in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every week, every day that comes by. And he remembers every single face. <laughs> right? Close to it. Close to it. Well, we're certainly thrilled to have you on our team. And um, one more, just one more personal question, and then we get into the work stuff. Okay. So I want you to share your favorite memory around mm-hmm. a table. So I think my, when you asked me this earlier, 
I immediately thought back to Thanksgiving meal at my grandparents because uh, we had a giant long table. We have a fairly small family, um, uh, probably total with cousins and everything. I got about like 15, maybe 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all kind of gathered around this large table. So I remember that as a child and the whole turkey, like everything was very traditional. So yeah. uh so that's what immediately popped out in my head, I would say. It's Just the traditional Thanksgiving meal with with family and the entire family. So mm. we can't let you off the hook that easily. we got to start a <laughs> war. What's your favorite side? <laughs> uh, I think, so looking back to those times, I was obsessed with the rolls and mm. the green bean casserole. Ooh. Yes, yeah. a, a favorite in my house. On top. <laughs> yep, that's a favorite in my house. No, my 13-year-old is the one who takes like a little bit of green bean and then two-thirds of the <laughs> topping. Yeah. Was that you? Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just going after the crispy onions. You oh, just yeah. got to do a little crispy the on the side. crispy onions. Yeah, 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 that's the best part for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the vitamins are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Delicious. So, Derek, one of the things that I think is uh, is really immediately apparent about you here at the warehouse is that uh, you work in kind of a chaotic environment with volunteers and there's, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds coming in each day and nobody knows what they're doing yet. And uh, there's forklifts whizzing all over the place and there's all sorts of stuff happening and, and you are just kind of the the eye of the storm you seem always to be calm and composed and when Antoine who was on our first show uh, is buzzing around you're kind of Mm -hmm. there to just lay a blanket of calm over everything has that (laughs) always been your nature or yeah I think so um Calm on the outside, freaking out on the inside. <laughs> so. You hide it well. Right, yeah. You do. How you hide it. Master. Um, no, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it makes it a lot, it's a lot easier to do the things you need to do when you've got a, a great team, uh, not only uh, backing you up, but um, a lot of the people on my team have, have actually trained me in, mm-hmm. in my uh, in my previous roles, current roles. Um, so uh, always you know, learning from, from a great team that I work with, uh, and not just within the volunteer world, but also um, across the organization. So right. I get the chance to work with pretty much every department across the organization mm-hmm. uh, very closely. So um, it, it just makes it a lot easier when you, when you work with, with great people, I would say. And when yeah. we throw things like, hey, we want to do a food distribution in 22 hours <laughs> yeah. in a place we've never <laughs> can been. Can you Derek, deliver can 50 you? people, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to say what no you when, you, when, you know, uh, um, when you know the, what the impact's going to be. Yes. So, yeah. um, and I'm sure the volunteers are kind of eager as well. Like, if you're like, hey, we need you, I, I'm sure they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it <laughs> We're into it. It's always a, a good problem to have as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not to mention uh, uh, our volunteers. It's uh, the great support from them. It makes everything easy, much easier as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we talked. We're talking about the volunteer experience, but why don't you share with folks a little bit about what exactly your role is in that world? Yeah. So I. Um, so my, yeah, not, the more I think about it, I'm trying to figure out what I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been actually thinking about the past few days um, about the work we do and how um, I see it kind of through a different lens in my mind. Uh, a lot of people see it um, around the impact we have with our guests and our clients. Um, and then 
how I view things is kind of seeing the other side of the pictures, which is the um, the volunteers so uh, that are looking to make an impact in those people's lives. Uh, so my role is, you know, we have about 55 shifts per week right now. Um, and as Shanna said, which requires about 5,000 volunteers a month. Yep. So not only finding... Uh, people that want to help and support us and placing them in the opportunities where we need them, but also making sure that, you know, they're enjoying the time they spend with us uh, yeah. and, and, and making sure that they're well taken care of because um, everything we do, we can't do without them donating their time. So uh, just want to make sure that we really appreciate them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you do a, the team, your team does a yeah. great job doing that from, greeting them as soon as they hit the door mm -hmm. um, to providing a safe place for them to go wherever they are going especially during these times and i mean even the music we've got great music <laughs> everybody's <laughs> like doing their even at the mobile pantries any place you go somehow we've creeped in some awesome music where you're kind of jiving to whatever yeah. you're doing i've seen cooler portable speakers out there than i have at most like events yes <laughs> like out in yes. the city next step is getting live bands at every one of our yes. oh there we go oh 2021 looking better every moment because yeah. we have had djs yeah. so mm -hmm. you know it, it can be done What's it that? will oh, yeah. be done at the trop, we had that guy show up with the reggae trop. Yes. yes. So cool. So yeah, I have yeah. a picture I'll show you. He was awesome. A whole awesome. DJ set up in the bed of a truck. And so yep. great. Flags yeah. and dreads oh, and everything. Fantastic. <laughs> but people were so happy. And that's another thing. You know, he just showed up to volunteer his time because he heard about you know what was going on and that we were serving people over there and he lives in the neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, we've had some of the, what is it the star wars guys oh, oh the stormtroopers the yeah, stormtroopers it's the group the 552nd or whatever they're yeah. called they come out so the kids that are in line with their parents and help us actually put groceries in the car so mm -hmm. these kids are like starry-eyed i mean <laughs> starry -eyed. or families like an entire family we had uh yeah. senator jeff brandis out with his yep. family all ages um, my boys have been out and mm -hmm. throwing food at people yeah. <laughs> yes yes tossing that uh, yeah. instead of gently placing <laughs> as long as it gets in the trunk we kind of really don't right. care yeah. as long as it's uh, all put together but um yeah not many experiences can have the entire family not many experiences draw mm -hmm. different individuals just because of uh the way things have been managed and created so mm -hmm. thank you yeah and i would say you know one of the things that about your job that i think is that image of the duck where you're floating on top kind of <laughs> all calmly but paddling like mad underwater <laughs> is, is that short. we have so many different types of people come through and we have yeah. you know everything from kids to seniors and we have uh folks who are really high energy and want to lift heavy things and we have folks who can't really lift much at all and, mm -hmm. and right. your team does a great job of managing so many different experiences and so many different types of personalities and, and finding that right match um you know i, lo I love how you talked about the the approach that we have to to the volunteer experience here because you're right this is it's it's the foundation of what we do you know last year it saved us over two million dollars in labor yeah. costs mm -hmm. um i don't think that you got all of that back personally but no. you know would so be nice on that commission, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one difference with the sales world um, but you know in, in all honesty it is an entry point for a lot of people to learn mm -hmm. about what we do. And uh, so many, you know, we, we talk a lot about folks who 
really kind of discover the issue of hunger around the holidays Mm -hmm. right and if if we can welcome them in the door like you do and show them that this is a year-round challenge and Mm -hmm. show them that we need hands years all all year long um it, it makes a huge difference and those volunteers become advocates those advocates become donors those donors become partners and it really is the entryway to all that we do at feeding tampa bay do you feel that when you're you know in your role i see it but i don't feel it um and I will say, uh, yeah, you're right. My, I, I do have a great team that uh, welcomes people in um, across all our different opportunities. And they, do, they do a great job. It, it's amazing to see some of these volunteers that keep coming back. And then you not only get to know them on a personal, or you get to know their name, you get to recognize their face, you know when they're going to come in. Mm-hmm. But you really get to know them as people, which is uh, truly amazing. Um, but... To answer your question, it doesn't feel like that. To me, it just feels like you're constantly just building relationships, building friends, and just, you know, making the best of the time, as cheesy as it sounds, that you guys (laughs) have together, you know, whether it's three hours, two hours, four hours, whatever the shift is. So it's all just making new friends. Yeah. Well, and I think that family experience that you create living in that moment is what brings people back for a second shift and brings people back for a consistent volunteer experience. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, it's great to hear that because, you know, it it can be a little impersonal to focus on the long term. Mm -hmm. um, But having someone like you leading a team that is, you know, very, very focused on making this a great three hours for somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always think back um, or always thinking about the people that are coming in to let's say the warehouse for the first time and how overwhelming that could be you know when you're joining you know 25 other volunteers at one time this is your first time here you're all alone so um uh my team just really does a great job bringing the people and making them feel comfortable explaining to them not only what they're going to be doing but why they're here with us and um how much we appreciate them so so i have to say it's not only that um you're a huge part of of what we do here but there's another reason why we brought you in for mm. for a conversation <laughs> <laughs> um, very recently you received a little bit of an accolade you want to share with us don't what? recall <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> maybe, maybe i'm wrong because we didn't have a whole yeah. team meeting about it <laughs> yeah, a whole zoom right. with hundreds of people yeah. on it food banker of, of the, the year, year. Yeah, yeah. that was a surprise i was gonna say was it a surprise how did you how did that feel that um, moment that he they Thomas said your name. What were you like? What? I, I think my mind just went blank. And then he <laughs> asked me to say some words. I couldn't literally put together anything to say. Um, but also at the same time, I was sitting in front of a giant window, which outlooks our warehouse. So everybody was just going by teasing me. So it's it it really hard to concentrate. But I, uh, but I was I was very thankful for, for not only being nominated, but awarded that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much deserved. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, you know, obviously that's one reason why you'd want to stick around so we can keep, you know, uh, lavishing you with praise. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what are, you know, what do you feel is uh, kind of the high point that makes you want to stick with FTB long term? You know, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like, um, you know, you've said that, like, you enjoy every minute here. What is it about FTB that, that makes you feel that way? I think it's um, 
it's a it's a rewarding and fulfilling organization to work for but i think how it's it's fun to be part of an organization that is is growing at the rate at what we are but also doing things to directly impact the community in, yeah and um great ways so i like being a part of as much as it pains me to say the the fast-paced you know world we are in um uh and knowing that because looking back i've been here for just under four years to my i think my first all staff was in the tika room by the way so that's crazy to think about we fit but in the tika room yeah, at the time, so which is his point the point that he's making yeah, how many yeah. how many team members do you think we had roughly i, I mean uh, to fit in that Tika room, <laughs> probably 30. 30, but and I now mean, we're we over 190 well, or yeah. something. <laughs> I'm sure we have plenty more employees, but at the time, that's like for the staff to be, yeah. you know, yeah. around 30 people showing up yeah. is to what it is today. So, um, yeah, I think it's just I really like being a part of an organization that, that makes an impact in the community, directly makes the impact, because um, I've been a part of companies that, um, did not do that. Yeah. So I, I just think I, I think I found uh, my my world. Yeah. You know, so. Aww. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> you you mentioned earlier you were looking for something that had a soul. Mm -hmm. And is that you feel like you found that here? I do. Yes. Put it simply. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you very much for stopping by with us, Derek. Congratulations on thank Food you. Banker of the Year. Yes. Um, one of two, which we'll be That's interviewing right. the mm -hmm. other, which is amazing. But um, it's very a tag, well chosen. tag team champion belt this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> In a tag team kind of year. Jeez. <laughs> two million meals a week. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Derek. No, thank you, guys. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. It's the Food Banker Special, yes, and we're super excited. Three. Actually, I am. It used to be my co-host. Oh, yeah. Back in our Sun City days, baby. <laughs> yes. Nicole, Snap to it. Snap to it, baby. It's Nicole Oswald. How are you doing, lovey? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Doing awesome. Yeah. It's fun to be here and back. Yeah. With yeah. some mics in front of me. Yeah. Bring that a little closer. You know to you. how to do this. There we go. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. He's got fancier mics than we were used to. Anyway, <laughs> so, Nicole, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. We have been chatting with so many wonderful people on our team and uh, thought of you, of course, as well. So, can you tell us a little bit about you personally? Just about you, whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I'm Nicole Oswald, and I've been with Feeding Tampa Bay for about two years now in lots of different roles. <laughs> um, I'm a huge traveler. Um, Matt constantly has to uh, approve my PTO. Where in the world is Nicole Oswald? <laughs> exactly. It is a real thing, except for this year. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, huge world traveler. Um, lots love Tampa. Came here for grad school and stuck around. Wait, what was your most recent world travel before this year? Um, last summer, I went to Italy for two weeks. Nice. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. That's so cool. No, you came here for school. 
for grad school. Yeah. But your parents are here now, right? Yes. So I went to high school here um, just two years on the other coast. Okay. My dad it was in the Air Force. He's an air traffic controller. Gotcha. So he volunteers with us regularly as I well. I know. That's why we got to bring dad in for a second. <laughs> yes. So I went to the last two years of high school here, and then I swam for Ohio State as well as Florida Gulf Coast University, and then I end up at USF. And Ohio State hits the mic Another Ohio, yeah. There's a pattern here. (laughs) Big game Friday. Let's go Buckeyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, (laughs) out of the football world. Mm. So with all of that um, and your wonderful dad who does, I know that not only does he volunteer with this, but he's made a great friends that he's with socially as well. So he's just kind of become our extended family. Um, if you will. But tell us about a memory around the table, like something from any time in your life that pops in your mind where you were enjoying a meal and you're around a table with, take it from there. Yeah. So like I said, I travel all the time. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in Greece for Christmas oh, man. with my brother <laughs> and best friend. And so I was the one planning the Greece trip. Didn't do a great job. Everything is closed on a Christmas e- Christmas day and the day after. So we went for a hike around the Temple of Poseidon there, and we just stumbled upon wow. this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant, like family-owned little Greek place yeah. with our very little Greek that we were able to speak. And we had a Christmas dinner at a Greek restaurant and had fresh octopus and feta. And it was Yum. just my best friend um, and my brother. And we just ate with the locals in Greece. And it was super cool. <laughs> I have lots of stories like that. Just random meals and little like restaurants. Oh my God. Not big on like the Chain. super touristy yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. We like to get outside of the box. Right. And so, yeah. And get with it the people. It was awesome. It's I've done that my whole life with my family. Um, I lived overseas, and I've been fortunate enough to travel lots of places because of like my dad's experiences. Yeah. So yeah, it's not the first time that has happened. It right. was just um, my best friend got to experience what the Oswalds kind of do. Right, right, what your life has been. So your dad was in the military, but your brother it ha- was or still is in the military. Was, he um, went to the Naval Academy, and he did the Navy for 10 years, wow. and he is now living in Ireland with his fiance. There you go. Because <laughs> I just, I recall the, the Italy trip from last year, and you were going yes. to go hang with your brother, and you just mentioned Greece, and so her brother was often over in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Right. and he's back there now, so. <laughs> so Ireland's up next. Yes. As soon I, as you oh, can go. Absolutely, unfortunately, they're still having restrictions. Right, so. yeah. right, 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 right. So, yeah. given all that world travel, how did you end up here? <laughs> right? Huh? So, I was an elementary school teacher for quite a while. Um, I have a degree in forensic anthropology. Wow. <laughs> and I taught elementary school for about five years, and I just needed a change. Love the kids, but unfortunately, there's a lot with the education system that I was like, ooh, I want to help, mm. but this is not the place for me to help. Yeah. So I actually started at Feeding Tampa Bay as an intern in agency relations. And I'm not even sure if Matt remembers this story, but there was no space in the warehouse. Um, We were, again, expanding as we have considerably. And I just needed somewhere to sit to work for that day. Matt was not there as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I sat and in his we're office. We're gonna cut Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. Of, no, of course. Thanks for being Thank here, Nicole. Thank you for joining us. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I sat in his office, and he came back from a meeting. He was like. Hi, who are you? <laughs> and we kind of get out. Yes, exactly. No. And he was very welcoming. We had a great conversation. And I believe like a month later, he was like, do you want to be a part of my team? <laughs> which which seems to be. Yeah. He's, he's still mad about it. Yes. It's he's a like very great team. He's like the yes. company poacher. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's amazing. Yeah. He's yes, extremely he welcoming. And, um, all the skill set that I had, fortunately, and didn't kind of judge that I had left teaching and that I was looking for a different opportunity. And unfortunately, I've annoyed him ever since. <laughs> right? His biggest regret. <laughs> no. Some decisions you can't take back. That's true. Oh, yeah. uh, no, Not but true. you know, it's funny because you know, I have a special appreciation for teachers, uh, being married to one and being mm-hmm. the son of one, mm-hmm. um, and I really clearly understand the variety of skills it takes to be an effective teacher and and how those can translate and um you know i knew that this was a world in which things change constantly and you have to be nimble and you have to be uh willing to pivot and you have to also um kind of be able to maintain some level of control over the details and understand where things are headed and and there's just so many teacher skills that really good teachers have that translate and um i saw that immediately and then uh the trick was how to steal you from Rhonda's team <laughs> so it took a little time but we we made it happen uh something you've become quite that's good right, at that's over right. The, <laughs> there's yeah. a theme here yeah um, mm-hmm. But, you know, funny enough, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my wife decided that she wanted to do a volunteer experience, but she didn't want to tell anybody. She just wanted to kind of see what it was like. Uh-huh. And so she signed up and uh, in about four seconds, Nicole put two and two together <laughs> um, because one of the things that Nicole does, even though it's not really in her job description, is she still is one of the leads on our mega distribution mm-hmm. at uh, Hillsborough Community College mm-hmm. on Saturdays. And so uh, my wife went over there and she came back and she's like, I love Nicole. Nicole. Is the best. And I was like, you can have her. <laughs> no, you're not allowed. Yeah. So, um, once I stole you, I then threw a series of random jobs at you. And tell us a little bit about what you do now. So, I am currently the SNAP and Special Projects Manager here at Feeding Tampa Bay. Emphasis on the uh, special projects. <laughs> so little little trick for you managers out there. If you want to be able to throw random things at somebody call them a special project oh, special yeah. <laughs> because then it opens you can the doors very wide anything under <laughs> yes that. that and other duties as assigned yes <laughs> uh that's a hard emphasis uh, right you work for matt spence other so what's under special projects give us a few examples so currently our meals on the go program which does yep. homebound deliveries is something that i help run mm-hmm. it's extremely awesome the need has always been there to be able to get meals we live in Florida. It's a very senior population. So there's a lot of those individuals, clients out there that need it directly to them. COVID just gave us that opportunity to really get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. So not only are we doing it with Meals on the Go, which is feeding Tampa Bay entity, but we're pilot with Humana. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So working with them to do the same concept as well. So really just getting that to our clients that can't leave their home. Right. And it's excellent because we get to work with Trendy Cafe as well. Yeah. And like those meals that are prepared in-house are what is going out to our clients. Yeah. So it's really awesome to be like, hey, you were getting chicken cordon bleu today. That is absolutely amazing. I know Chef Daniel worked on it himself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's coming to your door. It'll be there between nine and three. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. These aren't nice. lean cuisines. No. <laughs> this no. is restaurant quality food (laughs) yes it's so awesome Mm -hmm. so that's one of the really cool things that i've been able to do here at feeding tampa bay one of my favorite things is i got to start the public community market as Mm -hmm. well um when i came on board it was during the government shutdown Mm. yeah and um rhonda was like hey you're pretty good can you (laughs) run this pantry at the airport and then also two nights a week we're gonna start this here is some documents from the houston food bank ready go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a special Wing project yes. for you. <laughs> so now we have a extremely awesome functional on-site pantry yeah. at Feeding Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. we do. We do. It's really cool. So you mentioned briefly that uh, you did some snap work and some work with yes. seniors. And I think Shannon might have some stories to share about your time together working with seniors. <laughs> yes. Snap to it. Let's eat. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that project. Um, so through Humana, or not Humana, through National uh, yeah. Fano, we were able to receive a grant and I pitched an idea about a radio show. They loved it. <laughs> so we chose Sun City Center. So those familiar with Florida know it is an extremely senior populated mm-hmm. town in Florida. Um, when you picture kind of retirement homes, that's where it is. It's about 30 miles south of the warehouse here. And Shannon and I did a weekly radio show where we talked about SNAP and really encouraged seniors to sign up for it. So SNAP is that Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's that new term for food stamps. And a lot of seniors are embarrassed to admit that they just cannot with their social security checks and little bit of pension just cannot make ends meet. And that's what we're here, like to kind of combat that stigma we had a blast down there with our friends. We did. We made a lot of friends, and uh, Feeding Tampa Bay got the word out about Feeding Tampa Bay, and um, it was so key to then COVID came, you yeah. know, right? So now we're a, kind of a little bit of a name, and, you know, she was... Celebrity. Could have had mm-hmm. a celebrity. Absolutely. She could have been a poster girl in <laughs> Sun City for being so youthful and beautiful. And gosh, they made her crazy. But anyway. <laughs> it was a fun time. And Shannon and I had a blast. We and did. we would try the different restaurants when we yes. were down there for the week to yes. kind of find out what was going on in <laughs> Sun City Center. Yep. Yep. They were very kind to us and still are. But yeah. we had a lot of fun having our radio time, which kind of blossomed into this podcast, yeah, to be honest yeah. with you. Yes. So yeah. that's how. I came down. I was a guest on your radio show you right? were oh. you so, were and then uh, family. that's right <laughs> then we talked one about one more thing i stole uh-huh. at the <laughs> <Keep closure. laughs> no one should be shocked by this. none no everybody knows but yeah that's how i think stick of fork in it started i forgot about that wow yeah, yeah. it was the second the kind of like what i brought to the table for the podcast at the end of the grant and they uh-huh. were like Yes, let's go with this. So So distributions, community markets, SNAP, Meals on the Go, that's a lot we've thrown at you in the last two years. And uh, just recently, you got a little bit of an accolade for your work over the last two years. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I did. So I am food banker of the year mm-hmm. with a fellow Ohio State <laughs> person. And the hits keep coming. Says oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Derek, so... Yep. 
It was huge. Um, I remember as an intern, I was here and we did the cell. I had no idea. I just happened to be here on that day. And we had the just celebration for, the for it. Yeah. Oh, of <laughs> course. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows if there's food, I'm coming for it. Like. <laughs> but yeah, I was here, happened to be that day. I was an intern. Um, Roosevelt Glover was the winner that year, who is an amazing man in the warehouse that I just adore. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. This is so cool. Yeah. I'm going to do that as well. (laughs) And I did. I worked very hard. But like I said, it's not possible without everyone else here. It's a team effort. Mm -hmm. Every single person comes to work every day here at Feeding Tampa Bay and works their butt off. It's amazing what you can do when you work as a team and when you genuinely care for what you're doing. Right, yeah, and working to and pulling it together. Mm. We yes. all have each other's back, and you're a fine example of that all the time. Anytime <laughs> you need something, you can reach out to Nicole. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, go a little bit behind the scenes on the day of Food Banker of the Year announcement. It was <laughs> kind of done near the holidays, and um, I think, I, I don't know whether you had the day off or not, but we wanted to make sure that you were on the call, and so we had Rochelle, your supervisor, uh, lie to you and tell you <laughs> to be on the call and uh tell us what you texted rochelle about halfway through the meeting <laughs> i can't believe she said this i was like no 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 it shouldn't be me like, i had figured it out i am yeah i'm not like a really great morning person so a lot of it was that this meeting was at 8 a.m yeah. yeah and there is a hard chance that I might or might not tune in. We'll be honest. Everybody <laughs> on a day knows off. This. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows this about me. And so it was like, all right, we got to get her on this call. Yeah. You're like, this is suspicious. <laughs> yes. And then I was texting her throughout. I refused also to turn on my camera. <laughs> my, my favorite one that I saw later was, you're a bad liar, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Got to work on that. <laughs> yes. Aww. So you know you have spent Christmas in Greece, summer in Italy, but yet you come to feeding Tampa Bay every day. You stick around with us and lend us all of your talents and abilities. Are you implying that's not an equivalent experience? Well, I mean, you know, it's obviously a little above those things. <laughs> but if those are an option, <laughs> what makes you choose to stay here rather than go live out your days in Ireland? It's our clients. Um, If you were there at HCC for our mega distributions every Saturday, you get to recognize cars, faces, and just seeing clients' reactions as you put a box of produce in their car, a gallon of milk. Um, It's, it makes it worthwhile. Every, the early mornings, the late nights, it's making sure that I know that I'm privileged enough that I grew up very privileged Mm -hmm. and that I never had to worry about food on my table. My parents made sure of that, but making sure that other people don't have to worry as well is huge for me. I want to make sure that everyone else has that experience as well. If food is a necessity, it's something that we all should be able to have without any question. And no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, as a, as a former teacher, that's one of the things that you saw in the classroom that was really tough, right? Was, you know, kids who, just were not able to concentrate or couldn't give their all in, into learning whatever it was you were trying to share that day because they were hungry and now you get to do something about it yeah yes and it's awesome and this place is beyond welcoming 
and it's been an incredible two years here, even with Matt Spence as my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in. Despite so everything. Easy. Right. It's so easy. It's now so fun. you can see fun. why I don't want to be her boss anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, meetings with us are really rough for everybody else. <laughs> Try to keep it light. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, exactly. You're laughing or exactly. you're crying at his meetings from what we understand. That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like sense. I need to correct the record on this. Right? <laughs> Who's so, crying? Right? Well, that was, uh, that was what we told That was us, the right? theme yeah. of the first one of these podcasts. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. There was Matt one. Matt is going to make you cry. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's be clear about sure. this. That's, Tears of joy. No, nope, it's out there in the universe already. I will clear that up. or you laugh. The last one was crying because the clue game he invented was really rough. <laughs> like it was bad. That was a personal pain it's, cry. I was, emotion. Yeah. I was yeah. like, right. what it's, is happening? Listen, here? there are only so many ways you can do team building over uh, Zoom. Yeah. It's it, it's just rough. Uh, game designer he is not. No. I see. Mm. Yeah. That's well, fair. He asked people to do math oh, to yeah. get into breakout rooms. Oh, I was in tears foul. laughing <laughs> yeah. at how we as a programs team couldn't Could understand multiples, like, of multiples of three. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like. Pretty sad. <laughs> I'm 24. Does that see? mean I go in room two or room nope. three? I was like, okay, who's doing data? Just <laughs> me? All right. <laughs> good. This is, what <laughs> this is what your teachers were saying in third grade. You know, in the future, you're not going to always have a calculator. That's you right. didn't know how to do these things in your head. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Um, congratulations. Well deserved. Um, we appreciate you every day and uh, look forward to what that next special project might be <laughs> that you're bringing to the table at Feeding Tampa Bay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, Their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. So we really had a wonderful time uh, celebrating our Food Bankers of the Year, past and newly present mm-hmm. and uh for what the food bank today we've invited thomas mance back to the show hey thomas this is my second you? appearance in all this time yeah very exciting <laughs> 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 i thought you looked familiar yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good to have you back on the show thank you i'm glad to be here i first want to acknowledge and say thanks for the great work you guys have done this year i've really enjoyed the podcast Aww. some Terrific work. I, I mentioned uh, the last episode with our colleagues was one of my favorites, if not my favorite of the year, to hear their stories and them talk about themselves and their work here. It mm. just uh, it just was terrifically uplifting to hear each yeah. of them. Yeah, we we felt the same, and so that's why we kind of blew it out into a three part series. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So uh, we did not intend for it to be that long, but you know, as we said in that podcast. The, we could have chosen anybody to mm-hmm. talk to because yeah. we have such a great team and we thought who better to talk about that than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Ask away. <laughs> so tell us, we've interviewed the food bankers of the year. So we had Scarlett, Derek, and Nicole join us. So tell us about what that means, how it started. What's the history of food banker of the year? So I think you have to start first with the premise that, um, Uh, When I came here, we had an idea that we wanted to build the food bank from the inside out, Uh, that good organizations are fundamentally built by uh, first having a set of principles, 
right? This is who we are and what we believe in. And then finding folks that share those values with you, right? People that say, well, uh, that matters to me or I care mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, this is what, what I stand for. Um, and that's, you know, that profile was something eight years ago, right? right? It's something different eight years later. I think we look at ourselves differently today than we did uh, eight years ago. Uh, but, you know, fundamentally at its core, the idea is, is that if you're going to be successful organizationally, you're going to be successful because you know who you are. Uh, what you believe in and what your purpose is. Uh, and, and so I think that's kind of foundational to who comes and joins you and uh, does this with you. Um, not to bring up a negative, but, but I, uh, I still interview everybody we hire. Yep. And one of the things we say to all of them is that we have found over time that when someone leaves our employ by their decision or ours, it is generally because of culture. It's rarely because of productivity. Mm. It's unusual that someone can't operate a forklift (laughs) or raise a dollar or whatever, right? Right. It's usually that we just don't have the same values. We don't care about the same things. We don't look at the world the same way. So all of this is kind of the backdrop of, of how do you bring in, cultivate, motivate, develop the colleagues you work with? Uh, how do you share your common values and what does that ultimately translate into organizationally? So um, do I just keep talking? Do you yeah. all yeah. interject nope. at all? <laughs> this is the Thomas show now. Ev, the yeah. editor. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We will cut most of this out in post-production. Right. It's going to be two minutes with good, long. With good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for content, not for time. <laughs> Just the highlights. Thomas, your podcast was not a culture fit. (laughs) So, you know, understanding all that, we wanted a way to celebrate. You know, we really felt strongly that as we started to assemble a team that really uh, embodied all the values that we had, uh, you know, cared about the things that we thought were important, that uh, shared the common hopes that we had for our organization, that we really believed it was time to start celebrating that. So kind of out of that, you know, to answer your question some 15 minutes after you asked it, <laughs> um, out of that was born the idea that we really needed to recognize the food banker of the year. You know, who really kind of embodied all of those things about who we were Um, how we did the work that we did, focusing far less on productivity and focusing far more on connectivity, Um, you know, matters of the heart, not matters of the hands. Uh, And so that's ultimately how it was borne out, uh, was that we really felt like we wanted to celebrate us and that person that is uh, selected as Food Banker of the Year. Uh, They're the individual, but they're really the representation of us. So my understanding is that the first time around when you talked about this, you decided that you were going to be Food Banker of the Year every year? Yes. So (laughs) I have put myself up for nomination year after year and stunningly have not been awarded this uh, great title yet. Yeah. A word with the committee. Yes. Every year I put my name in the hat and I'm roundly and routinely rejected. (laughs) It's because you put it in first, so it's at the bottom. That's the problem. Right. You know, the funny thing about the Food Banker of the Year is that we go through a process. And of course, Matt, you know this because you sit in on that process. But who should be the food banker of the year is pretty clear. Mm. We've not really ever had to struggle too much. Sometimes there's been some struggle between a runner-up and and the winner of the food banker of the year. Uh, But the reality is uh, there are two things that I notice about it. 
one is the person we select usually is selected pretty easily. And number two, uh, the people that we select are universally appreciated in the organization. Yep. Yeah. Right. So the nice thing to see is that you run into colleagues who say, uh, yeah, okay. I think that's the perfect person for yeah. this. And when you look at past winners, uh, save for one, they're all with us mm-hmm. uh, still. Um, uh, and the one that isn't here is still doing great stuff out in the community. Uh, and so I'm really proud of the group of people that have been selected as that. And, and you know, particularly last year, Scarlett and, and this year, uh, uh, Derek and Nicole. But we've had some just terrific winners come uh, come uh, uh, to the front. We uh, wanted to interview Roosevelt, but... <laughs> so that interview would have been four seconds. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. One word answer. Right. I've known Roosevelt now for eight years. Yeah. You know, the funny story of a Roosevelt, and I think this kind of embodies our organization. So I'd been here for about two years, maybe. Uh, we were still trying to find talent. You know, remember, we were an organization six years ago, seven years ago, that folks still didn't really know who we were, what our value proposition was. We're still trying to figure out, you know, how do we make a difference and, and how do we do that knowing who we are and what we are. And so uh, we were at an event one time, and we, were, uh, we had drivers and trucks and forklifts. We were doing this big uh, delivery and distribution. And uh, so I was standing next to Roosevelt, and for the listener, Roosevelt is a very large yes. and physically, you know, significant man Mm -hmm. Uh, he's in good shape he's you know uh, he's got uh, NFL defensive tackle (laughs) written all over him for sure but a very kind and nice man Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was standing next to Roosevelt and uh, I just looked at him and I said Roosevelt how are things going and he looked at me and he said well what do you mean (laughs) and I said well you know (laughs) (laughs) you know how, how do you think things are going at feeding Tampa Bay And he looked at me and he said, uh, you want me to tell you the truth, right? And I said, well, of course Mm -hmm. I do. And Roosevelt outlined about 10 things in probably the course of 15 minutes that were substantive, thoughtful, considered, and many of them we needed to be doing. Uh, And so, you know, I said, thank you. Uh, Went back and started to talk about some of the things that Roosevelt uh, had brought up. But then I went back to Roosevelt about a month and a half later. And at the time, Roosevelt was a driver. And I said, Roosevelt, why are you a driver? And he said, well, that's what I've always done. I said, have you ever thought about being a leader? He said, well, no, not really. And I said, Roosevelt, you need to be a leader here. Mm. We need to figure wow. out how to get you out of a truck and onto the floor and managing people. Mm. And so Roosevelt's been a supervisor with us for now four or five years and uh, a steady, rock-solid presence. But... You know, again, the story just reminds me over and over again about what's inside the people that work here. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of comment, that kind of candor, but also that kind of thoughtfulness, I think, speaks to hopefully the quality of the people that we have uh, in our organization. Well, I think you touched on a couple of topics that we have bounced back and forth with uh, over the course of these interviews, and that is there are so many people here with really unique talents and often they don't land in the right spot when they land here for their talents but they are a culture fit to your earlier point and then over time either i steal them or <laughs> i was going to say matt steals them <laughs> takes them to programs which has been a topic yeah, or, for the or in roosevelt's shows. case you move him to right, you know, a, leadership. A, a leadership role where his thoughtfulness and his calm 
really has an impact beyond just the bed of one or the uh, cab of one truck, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's been really interesting to have these conversations because we joke about, you know, uh, who I've stolen for programs or who's been stolen from me, like Whitney, and mm-hmm. um, I'm still bitter. Uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, she requested to leave your. Oh department. yeah, sorry. Yeah. It Couldn't took about it. twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, I do. I think Matt. You know, in my mind, um, you know, we're of a mindset that finding the right people is the issue. Uh, you can teach someone food banking, right? Uh, I think when I look at our peer group or I look at other industries, there are a lot of folks that tend to hire people that have been in their particular field for a particular period of time. That's less important to me than finding someone, again, that has the same values, cares, and concerns. Um, Because I think if they're new or old, I think if they're experienced or raw, either way, if they have the right fit, Uh, we can figure out where they're going to be with us. And I think for many, you know, so when I observe, um, you know, someone like a Roosevelt, uh, but also when I observe some of our other folks that we have, you guys interviewed Antoine, and so he has had a variety of different experiences with us and is on to others now. Uh, But I think about, you know, from my perspective, think about this way, two of our senior leaders, Right, Rhonda and um, JC both came into our organization in lower management positions. And over time, we've been able to sharpen and build their skill set, and they've worked hard at it, and we've found different places for them to exercise their talents. And I think if we want to remain a good organization, that'll be an ethos that we continue to embrace. Um, it's interesting culturally, so... Yeah, none of you guys are my age. Uh, So it's interesting. When I started working, you really wanted the thought process was when someone took a job, you wanted five to seven years of experience in that position for which they were hired. I can't imagine anyone now that believes that that's something that they would do. Most people want to move around and move on. And part of our agility organizationally has been to figure out what does that look like? How do we keep talent here? Uh, how do we keep talent motivated, excited, connected, um, uh, and still maintain our organizational responsibilities? It's a, it's a tricky balance sometimes, but uh, but boy, I sure feel good about the amount of people here that have been moved in, up, around, over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it speaks to the quality of our mission and the caliber of the people that we have here. I think it also speaks, you know, Matt, look at your area. Two years ago, your area did not exist in our organization. Two years later, every time I turn around, you have eight new people in your department. (laughs) (laughs) But but two years later, you've built out a completely different organizational structure that was part of our ending hunger work that has allowed us, again, to broaden those who are in our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are connected to what we're doing. And so you've hired some talent in to do that, but you've also moved some talent over and around that we're already on our campus. And uh, I just think that speaks to the best of who we are and what we have. Yeah, it's, it's odd to have a chef, a social worker, and a truck driver all report to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, but, you know, we used to do this when we could still get back together. We used to do this exercise, which you guys will remember. We would ask people what they do here at the food bank. And invariably, as we started to go around the room, folks would say, well, I drive a truck. I, you know, the answer is we feed we people, feed people. Right. everyone. We feed people. 
you know, I, I recall vividly, Matt and I can go into sports analogies over and over again <laughs> with way too much, going. right? Yep. can get way too wonky on the audience quickly. <laughs> but one of the great movie moments that I think of a lot. Miracle on Ice. Yeah, Miracle on Ice. And Herb Brooks up and down the, you know, who do you skate for? Yeah. Right. And I think we have a lot of people here, uh, as, as you guys have probably recollected, when we had an outside company come in and do a survey of our colleagues, one of the things we found was that every single one of us had the desire to serve folks in the communities our common value. That is just a great point to start from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and it's an important thing to have in common. Uh, and it's not necessarily the food. It's the serve. You know, that's the thing, because your department might not always be serving a meal, right? right? Uh, You know, y'all's department, right? You're arranging for stories. Mm -hmm. You're a a storyteller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, you're serving. Right. Yes. Uh, And and for me, I think that's the part that I love being connected to most is that all of us have a desire to serve. Yeah. How, when, where, and who shifts constantly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it does right and expands and grows yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it shifts. but it's all the basics is we serve yeah and i think if we come back to that for me if we come back to that and, and again circling back to the conversation at hand our food bankers of the year have been terrific servants to their community to their colleagues to their mission to their responsibilities uh, they've been people that you could all say, yeah, they're, you know, they're good servants. You know, I look at somebody like Scarlett and, and you would just need to interview three of her agencies that she <laughs> yeah. supports and they would, love right? Her. Yes. Yeah. Love her. Look at what Nicole has done out in our mega pantries and mm-hmm. how much she has enabled a group of people to come together and serve there. Look at, you know, the work that Derek has done with volunteers. And so, uh, you know, they all have a servant's responsibility and heart to them and, uh, uh, for us, that's one of the reasons why I think it makes it easy to identify who wins every year. Yeah, and I think it's such a important part of who we are organizationally. And for folks listening, and I'm sure whatever company they work for, organization they work in, they would want a little bit of that secret sauce. And you talked a little bit about the formula earlier but I'm curious in those interviews that you do, those final culture interviews, how do you know? So it's, it's an interesting question. So I'm in the middle of reading Blink, which I have not read before. And so, right. And so um, I would answer your question, Matt, intuitively, I generally have a pretty good sense of it. Um, you know, in the way that someone answers a question, and it's different for different positions, but um, you know, I think uh, there are probably ways in which people answer questions. There are manners in which um, uh, they connect with you. Y- you know, um, uh, you and I came out of the church world, having worked in the church business. And one of the things uh, I did when I was in the church world at one point was I was uh, one of our youth volunteer leaders. And I would take kids on mission trips. And when I would come back, the parents would invariably come to me and say, well, how did my kid do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I could always tell the kids that could look at me in the eye, yep. have a normal conversation with me, you know, felt relatively comfortable. They were pretty apparent to you. They're those same basic things, right? There's yep. a way in which a child who has been well-parented reacts. Yes. Right? And I see that often in job interview folks. They have a sense of who they are. They have an ability to articulate who they are. 
Uh, and when you're in person, it's harder these days with Zoom, but when you're in person, you can kind of get the sense of someone. Uh, I certainly have gotten it wrong. Uh, there are some people that I've thought, man, you know, we had a person in here that probably four, three or four of us interviewed that we all just loved, and they washed out in six months, and we mm. found ourselves going, wow, how did that, <laughs> how did we miss that? Mm. Um, but I think, you know, generally, um, you know, there's that old saying that uh, what you are screams so loudly I can't hear what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's usually the case. I think you just have to pay attention to that. Yeah, I was listening to uh, to an interview Tim Ferriss did with Jim Collins, the mm-hmm. you know the business writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he they were talking about uh, the guy who ran admissions for Princeton when he admitted Tim Ferriss and Stanford when he admitted Jim Collins, same guy. And Jim Collins was asking him, "How long does it take you to make a decision about admitting somebody into Princeton? Because you must be flooded with great applicants." And he said, "Thirty years and thirty minutes." Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great answer. I think you, you know, I think if you were to, you know, so I joke about this, but it's true. I don't read resumes. Mm. Never. I don't want to know anything about the person. You know, I may ask a few qualifying questions, mostly as a way of just loosening them up. Mm. But I just don't read resumes. And not that a resume isn't important to someone, but I don't think it's about obtaining factual information because unless we're hiring a, you know, we hired a CFO. I sent him to all our finance guys because they needed to figure out whether, <laughs> whether he knew what he was talking about. Or not. <laughs> I sure as heck, you know. <laughs> but, you know, what I wanted to find the fit for was, you know, was Ryan the right guy culturally? Yep. Right? Uh, somebody needed to figure out whether he knew how to, you know, actually new accounting. <laughs> right. uh, but but we really needed, more importantly, you know, we needed to know, was he the right kind of person? And I think that's the thing we're focusing on is who's the right kind of people for the organization. And you hire enough of them. And I think if you walk through this organization, you see enough folks where you go, again, we share uh, these similarities. But but I, I more often than not, I try to base it on feel. And I would say that I know pretty quickly whether I think someone's going to make it or not. Um, and I think the other part of that, Matt, which is harder for us, culturally, we really have a strong emphasis on trying to enable folks who have had challenges in their world. Um, And so part of what you also have to sift through is where someone is on that journey. Um, You know, because um, I think all of us, as we've gone through those places in our lives where we've had these challenges, emotionally we can be in a pretty fragile place around that. And sometimes when I'm interviewing folks, you can see some of that fragility. And you got to kind of figure out whether that's that and can they find their strength here, you know, or whether that speaks to some other challenge that they may have. But it it makes our work all the harder. Um, uh, Yeah. When you say that, it often makes it makes me think immediately of of Anthony. He's one of our truck drivers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, outside of Kavarius, he is to me the embodiment of what we want in somebody who drives a truck for us. And. I just, I remember so vividly his initial conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, even to to join Fresh Force, and how desperately he wanted in, Mm -hmm. and trying to sift through whether that was life desperation or, you know, mattering and making a difference desperation Mm -hmm. was just so, 
it's a moment I probably won't ever forget as a as a manager as an interviewer um, bringing somebody on board because to see him now and how <laughs> joyful he is in in the cab of one of our trucks mm-hmm. uh, is is just awesome. Yeah, and I think you know I think uh, Matt of all you know everybody that we've hired here. So you know I would think about the relationship that you and I had for several years and what I saw was a person who was doing a good job at an organization that was important, but wasn't living into their potential that they had to make significant contribution, right? That's not meant to be a denigration. It's meant to be, I think, again, we're at our best. We're looking at the person's potential. We're looking at them in a different lens, and we're saying, well, what could they become or what could they do? What do they have inside of them, and can we tap that and bring that along? And I think, again, there are stories of people here over and over again, whether I've brought them in or you all have brought them in, that we've looked at them and we've said, well, uh, we have a place for them, and they have an opportunity. When it works at its best, right, we get what we need, which is the person that can fulfill the responsibility, but the person themselves gets far more out of it too when it's that perfect connection of that moment where the person has the gift and we need the gift and they kind of connect. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, again, from my vantage point, it's really fun to watch. It's fun to watch people flourish. Again, you go back to Scarlett. I think she probably shared, we were her first job, is that right? I, I'm I almost positive yeah. that's the case. Wow. I think that's right. Right? I, I mean, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Right? <laughs> and so we took this young person and we said, okay, here's a landscape. Or here's a canvas, here's some paints, right? To use a really worn out analogy, go do something with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she probably sat in her car at her desk some days and thought, what in God's <laughs> name am I supposed to do? <laughs> yep. But credit her, she figured it out. Yeah. And so along the way, we were the beneficiaries, are the beneficiaries of a terrifically talented strategist or tactician, whatever her responsibilities are. But what she has more figured out is who she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she has tapped into her own resources and said, okay, I have something inside of me that's more than I thought or greater than I thought or different than I thought. And I love being a part of that. I, you know, that's the part that, that just gets me excited to watch folks, you know, to watch you come here two years ago. Yep. And say, well, I have an idea about this. You know, I think as we joked at the time, you want the ball in your hand in the ninth. Exactly. Right. Uh, But look at what you've done in two years. Right. You've built out a response and an organizational capability that, that, uh, you know, is just incredible. But I think that's true of Ev as a storyteller. The work that he and Vanessa have done. Mm -hmm. They haven't focused on me nearly enough, which is problematic. (laughs) Uh, And look at the work, Shannon, you have done in telling our story. He is ghostwriting your autobiography, though, so that should count for Keep something. that in mind. <laughs> my, my autobiography called What Not to Do. <laughs> so, you know, I think, again, when we hire the right person and then we give them a wide open field, we used to take it as I would say jokingly, when people come here, we push them into the deep end of the pool. And oftentimes that was seen as an uncaring thing, and I would never want that to be the case. Because we have lifeguards around. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that we have found the right person for us. Right. We call it being an imaginist. Yeah. Right? But the right person for us is a person who is, I wouldn't say a risk taker, but is an emboldened 
person. Yes. You know, we have a joking a jo- a saying here that we joke about, but it, it is true. I don't care. We don't care what mistakes you make so long as they're mistakes of aggression. Mm. You know, if you're up on the balls of your feet and you go out and you try something and it explodes in your face, I don't care. Just try. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think we have people that have, you know, again, go back to Scarlett. Go back to Nicole. Go back to Dare. Go back to Roosevelt. Roosevelt knew nothing about supervising folks when I asked him to do that. Yet he was bold enough to say, all right, I'm going to give something completely out of my... He had been a driver for years. Mm, yeah. Solo wow. guy on a truck in and out of grocery stores for years. Suddenly we said, Roosevelt, we want you to supervise and lead. Yeah. You know, there's a bravery to that. Mm-hmm. There's a bravery to Scarlett saying, this is her first job. Go figure out how to get folks in a particular county food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the attractive things to people who choose us. You know, it's not just a job opening that they throw a resume at. It is choosing to be in this organization with these folks doing this work. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, uh, you know, you know, certainly the way I felt about it, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I have no idea what this is going to look like two years from now. <laughs> and if you had asked me two years ago if it would look like this as it does now, I said, that's not happening. <laughs> no way. Right, but what we have is organizational trust and your ability to figure those things out. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's the part that I feel good about is that when you put the right person in the right spot, they need very little coaching or managing. Yeah. We've had this ongoing debate over the years. And again, I come out of you know large banking systems and other large organizations where rules were very important and procedures were very important. And I, I don't want to downplay the responsibilities that you have organizationally. But the more rules you have suggests to me the weaker um, people you have. Yeah. If you're having to build more rules, it suggests to me that you probably haven't hired the right people yet. Mm. Uh, because... I could tell you that most everybody here would fit into this, but I would say it about myself. You're never, no organization is ever going to be as critical of myself as I will be. Right. No one will ever ask me to work harder than I will ask myself to work. And I think we have tried to find people like that, mm-hmm. that have said, you know, your, your, um, uh, your pushing of me is never going to be as hard as I push myself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think when we found those things, we probably more have to slow people down than speed them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to force people to take time off. Yeah, yeah. 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 literally and do not pace. come in. Yeah, do yeah. not check your email. You need a day, <laughs> right? You know, and right. and yeah. food banking, like all social services, is a long game. You need to pace yourself. You need to figure some of that stuff out. You know, Joyce and Daya, who works with us now, and she's over in procurement. She started out in development, and I remember in the first. I want to say two or three weeks of Joyce being here. She came just before Hunger Action Month. So she came in July or August, and she laid out, I want to say, conservatively, 493 things we're going to do for her. (laughs) 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 I can see that. Well, it's just Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think at the end of that month and then the end of the fall, she understood, I think I need to recalibrate some of this. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is, A, we hired somebody that thought she could get 493 things done. Mm-hmm. But B, we hired somebody who said, okay, experience has told me I need to think differently about this. I'm going to approach it differently. And neither one did we have to lecture her about. Right. She figured it out. Mm-hmm. She made her way through it. She said, okay. 
you know and I think that's the part that um, that's the part that matters to me and, and let me let me share another story about Joyce because again I think it's formative to who we are Joyce came to us having graduated law school right wow. and and so when I was interviewing her I was thinking well you what? just graduated law school right. you want to come work in development at the food bank and Joyce had very clear ideas are we allowed to tell stories about colleagues like this is this going out over the air uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Depends yes, on where be. this story is going. Joyce, yeah. Joyce we own your stories. Yeah, now yeah, you yeah exactly. Yeah. We own the rights to your life Copyright. story. <laughs> um, so I wanted to explore more because, you know, one of the fears you always have is overhiring. Mm. Right. right. And so Joyce clearly had a passion for service. There are very few people I've come across that has a passion for service like Joyce does. So uh, Joyce came aboard and. I don't know, four months later, five months later, I was in a long conversation with her just about what she was doing. And I looked at her and I said, Joyce, have you sat for the bar? Are you going to do that? And she said, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to do that. And I looked at her and I said, Joyce, you need to, you need to sit for the bar. You need to get your license. She said, well, it's a lot of this and it's a lot of that and I've got a job. And I, I said, Joyce, you know, you can't not do this. I went and talked to her manager at the time, and I said, we need to figure out a way to support Joyce in doing this. And so we devised a, a schedule, and Joyce basically worked part-time for us for the better part of three or four months while she studied for the bar. You know, we rearranged her work life and, and all of that, and uh, uh, to her credit, Joyce studied hard and passed the bar. Nice. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Because it was really important to me that she had a dream at some point in her life. Right. Yep. Mm. And it was important to me that if she never became a lawyer, that was her choice. But as a colleague and as a friend and as a person who cared about her future, I never wanted her to look back and say, I wish I had done that. Mm. Yeah. And I wanted her to know that whatever her life's ambitions would be, that part of our responsibility is to support that. And we have other stories here at the food bank where we've fresh force is the best example yeah. of it but where we have stepped into the lives of a colleague and said we're going to help you through this or we're going to help support this we have a you know you mentioned whitney whitney is going for a phd mm -hmm. right and she's got a very different work schedule and responsibilities based on her uh class load and workload and mm -hmm. we're happy to support that and i think those things are important too because matt for all the things we do to ask people to extend themselves yeah right and I'll finish that part of it by saying when COVID started, I think you all may recall you were standing in a room mm. and COVID was a week and a half old, maybe. And we brought all of our management team together to say, we don't know what this is. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know how big, how long, how wide, how deep. But the very first thing we said to our colleagues was, we're going to take care of you. Do not worry. You will have yeah. a job. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out together. You've come this far with us. You've been here for us, and we're going to make sure that we all do this. And when I made that promise, I was scared to death. I remember that night thinking, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I didn't know. None of us knew. Right. But I just knew that we had asked people to make such a strong commitment to the work that we do and the people that we serve and to each other that the last thing that we could ever do was not be there for them at that time. You know, fortunately, all of that worked out. But I like to think in some of this, we're able to figure out how all of that kind of comes together, both the acceleration and the deceleration <laughs> as, as, uh, as is necessary. 
How long are these podcasts, by the way? Three hours. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> right? <laughs> At this point, the answer's too long. <laughs> you know, but I think it, it makes a point that you could talk about our team and our culture for two or three hours mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. because it matters to you in a very, very big way. It does. It does. People mentor me, Matt. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the hiring story, when I was uh, 19 years old, I was going nowhere fast. I mean fast. I made a series of incredibly stupid decisions. If we have another several hours, we'll go through those. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was a bad or dumb decision to make, I made it. And I was living with the consequences of those decisions. And a really large company came to town and was hiring a lot of folks at one time. And so I applied. And from an aptitude standpoint, it was pretty, uh, I made it through pretty quickly, right? Even though I'd never done that work, I, you know, they needed decision making, you know, some of these things. And I, I moved through their testing pretty quickly. But then it got to my life resume, <laughs> right? And there were a lot of inconsistencies and holes. And I still remember this woman, Violet, that interviewed me. And I was trying to make my way through as best I could. I didn't want to lie. But, you know, I just, I wasn't in, you know, I just didn't have a unspotty <laughs> resume. <laughs> and Violet looked at me at the end of that and she said, you know, I don't know why, but I'm going to hire you. Wow. Right. Yeah. If it hadn't been for her. Right. You know, and I paid that off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh. I worked hard to prove that decision, you know, uh, to be the right one. And I'll never forget her kindness or her graciousness. I was promoted to a manager probably four or five years later after working really hard, and I was trying to figure that out, and a guy named George Menendez came along, and George was my boss, and George coached me on everything. And so much of what I learned was because George took the time to explain it to me. You know, he was the kind of guy that could give you two seconds worth of advice, but he took the time and invested in me. I am who I am because of the product of people that have been willing to put an arm around a shoulder or occasionally a you know, foot in the butt <laughs> to say, hey, you have more in you and I want to help you get there. And if I have one wish for everybody here, it's that we have an environment where f- folks can thrive. We do. I, I always hope so. We do. I feel like one of the things I do, thank you, one of the things I do say to folks when they interview them, I feel like our heart's in the right place. We don't always get it right, <laughs> but our heart's uh, in the right place. And so I want us to be champions. And what I would say to the community that listens to this, we have been given tremendous accolades in the community over the last 10 months. And I, I, I hope and feel like we deserve those accolades. But those all come from working hard at being good at who we are. Mm-hmm. Not what we do, who we are. Because that's an output or an outcome. The work that we've done to try and become a better organization or to try and help a particular person in an organization to become better at their job, that all gets manifested when a crisis occurs and a person figures out how to set this up or do that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's where, you know, everybody looks at the output, but what they don't see is the hard work and the sweat and the challenges, the one-on-one coaching sessions, the conversations, the opportunities. Those things have happened by the, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the factor is. Yeah. Uh, but when it matters, it's the outcome that we see. And that, I think that's the payoff for our community. And the payoff for our colleagues is the opportunity to be that who they want to be. And my payoff is I feel sometimes like a proud dad. Right? (laughs) You should. You just get to watch folks and you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't that wonderful or cool? Isn't that, you know, we got all the submissions for the Food Banker of the Year. There were just people saying, hey, my colleague is a great person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that's one of the things we've gotten to see through this kind of three-part series is like watching people's journey, you know, because we talk a lot about how everyone came from somewhere different and ended up here. And, uh, you know, you do kind of get to see them evolve from whoever they were when they arrived to who they've become through their time here. You know, right? it's been very cool. <laughs> and somehow we all end up on this same one family. Mm-hmm. Every interview has closed out mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. The same one family together page. We're yeah. all in this together. And so we're not going to let you escape that question. <laughs> Ev has done a very good job. Yeah. Putting yeah. the spotlight on our I, guest you know, at the end. Absolutely. Uh, it is dazzling and bright. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've been kind of asking everyone, you know, what about feeding Tampa Bay makes you know that you're home here, that this is where you want to be? I think the thing that we all long for is to belong. I think going back to the people that are here, me included, we want to belong. You know, we want to belong to a group of like-minded or um, like-hearted and so for me uh, the answer is that I feel like I belong here Uh, there's a lot of wandering in the desert going on out there yeah Yeah. literally and metaphorically right you know when you look again at the outcomes of what's happening in society they speak to a restlessness spiritually psychically emotionally the one thing that I feel when I walk in the doors here is I feel purposeful and I feel like I belong. I feel like this is who I am and who I am is consistent with what I'm doing. You know, I think as you get older in life, when who you are is what you do and what you do is who you are, when that synthesis happens, it makes your psychic and emotional and spiritual life much calmer more serene and you know i've probably reached that age where uh, all of that has come together but i feel like i belong here Ev. i feel like this is where i should be and what i should be doing um and i think that is a feel thing yeah i don't know that there's evidence for it. people would point to success as evidence of it i think that that's a little bit egotistical and i think that's a little bit off base Success happens for a lot of reasons, but I I just feel like this is where I belong. This is how I, you know. I remember when I came down and interviewed for the job, I had been approached by other food banks and I hadn't taken the jobs. I just didn't feel like I was the right fit. And I came down here, I talked to folks and I got in the car and I drove back and, you know, I said to Lynn, my wife, uh, she said, how'd it go? And I said, well, you know, I I hit the pitch as well as I could. 
<laughs> I, you know, I put good wood on the ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whether it'll drop, I don't know. But I said I'd really like to be there. Yeah. I really feel like this would be a great spot. And here I sit eight years later. That's I think feel like that's the sense we've gotten from a lot of people. People have said that they feel like they are home. You know, they've mm-hmm. found their family. Like I yeah. think that uh, that's a pretty shared sentiment for for people who've committed here. <laughs> and and you've built a culture that reflects that that reflects uh the creation of space for people to find home here Um, and i think that's what we have seen over the course of these interviews and and conversations Mm -hmm. and it's what we see every day with our colleagues and it's why we wanted to do this in the first place Mm -hmm. you know it's why we felt pretty strongly when the three of us were talking about it that this would be something that we could be really proud of Mm -hmm. that it's a highlight of just some amazing people and and any anybody under this roof could have been a guest and it was easy to choose because it was like picking out of a hat yeah you guys had some great guests i you know what i would often say and i I, you guys have heard me say this to our colleagues many times you don't get many chances in life to do this with a group of people like this for a cause like this there just aren't that many chances where it all comes together like this Mm -hmm. yep uh, and I, you know, I remain uh, just so grateful for that. Yeah. We have ups and downs. We have good days and bad days. And Lord knows the last 10 months have been tough on everyone. Mm, yeah. um, but you just don't get many chances where you're able to do this. Uh, you really don't. Agreed. Well, Thomas Mance, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your thoughts. And thank you for being that leader of the family that everyone is so grateful for the past three shows to be a part of. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, my semi-annual appearance. (laughs) 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 And thank you for telling our story in the community. These are wonderful podcasts. You guys have done a really nice job of telling the story of our community and the story of us. So It's a great story to tell. (laughs) Thank you. It is an (laughs) ever-growing. Absolutely. 2021 is going to be fabulous. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.